My throat still kind of hurts from yesterday. You know? From laughing so hard? Yes, from laughing so hard. It was, it was, it, it just it hurts really, really bad. Not bad, but it hurts. It's like tingling a little bit. Why don't you do a cough drop? <clears throat> Maybe in a bit. My throat sound a little rough this morning, yes? No. A little bloggy. Um, my, oh, forehand. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Spark and Zan Chat, our podcast where we just talk about random things. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, no what's up. Hey, it's Greta. And uh, let's just do a little bit of housekeeping before we forget. Remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirakin.com. We're also on Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. Uh, I was trying to do a quickie, but that did not work out because that website's garbage. Uh, we're looking for various other social media sites. And also, hello to everyone who is listening to us around the world. This week, the country that is listening to us a lot more than usual is Italy. So, thank you. Thank you very much. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. So now that that's out of the way, let's get to it. So, um, yeah, so my yesterday, uh, well, yesterday was, uh, when was yesterday uh, the day of the, no, it was Monday, right? Yesterday was Monday. Yes, Monday, yes. Monday, Monday. Da, Monday, Monday. And so on recommendation from, cer- from several people, well, not several people, from two specific people, we decided to watch a comedy special. And then we watched another comedy special afterwards. On the, the on Netflix and well, one was one was they both were funny. I think one was laugh out loud funny. I laughed out. You laughed out loud. No, I I chortled for both. No, you no, died not. laughing. No, on the, one. no. The second one was I was laughing. The other one I was like either I didn't like it or there was a couple of bits that were kind of like ha, like a one little ha type thing. And that's uh, that is the game with stand-up comedians. Because actually, we've been to how many stand-up comedians? We only seen one stand-up comedian together in person. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple of stand-up comedians in person. Uh, and it's weird because stand-up comedians has a whole other thing that uh, is kind of very subjective because they're different types of stand-up comedians depending on where you go. Because you have the I've been to a couple comedy shows in Manhattan, but they're like the Little room ones. Oh, those dives? Yeah. But they're like the fun dives. It's like a two drink minimum, but like the drinks are still only like $3. Yeah, no, that's a couple places. I usually went to one of those. It's a comedy show. It's like, okay, here's your headliner. Okay. For some reason, my computer is... Oh, that's why. It is the charge of doom. Because we're actually not in the Spyrokin office today. We're actually on our quote-unquote... Lan- is this our lanai? No, because the lanai is outside. Yes, the lanai is a balcony. But we don't have a balcony because we... Instead of a balcony, we have a fireplace. Woohoo! Which is kind of funny. Um, no, it's awesome. This is the first fireplace I've ever had. Not like the first fireplace I've ever seen. Just the first fireplace I've ever, like... Uh, how do we say this? Uh... Alexa, turn on the light. Good. Sorry about that. But I'll edit that part out. So back to what we were saying. But lanai's are something kind of cool. It's just because we also get a lot of sun. Because my office, I get some sun because it's a smaller window. But it's not bad. But this is more of a bright window. And it's looking outside into the awesomeness that is the world. And one thing is that I noticed that, I don't know if it was the last week or not, but... It's got a little cloudier again. Uh, there's a nor'eastern storm. It actually snowed over the weekend in New York. And Boston and uh, New Hampshire. I didn't see it snow. It was like snowing in the middle of the night. I got up to use... Well, anyway. You got up to use the refrigerator? Yes, I went to get some a midnight snack. But I will say this, though. Um, I think also because of the increase in traffic... Uh, you know, but the sky is still really prettier than it has no, been. No, it's not smog from the increase in traffic. That'll be next week. <laughs> but this... These are just clouds. It poured, raining. 
cats and dogs buckets yesterday. Like sheets of water were falling. Yeah, but we saw it was clear like two nights ago or two days ago. It was beautiful. There's no more. That's cloudy. what's called weather. That is true. Uh, anyway, so let's get back to the topic of comedians at hand. So we've been to, I've been to the ones where you have to like I don't want to say any names, but like uh, places where you go that are specifically designed for a laugh, like a laugh out loud house or something like that. We have to pay to go see it. And I've been to different ones. I've been to, of course, you have the one-person shows where it's just one guy on there. I've been to troops, which troops are fun because they work off each other. A good example of it is the uh, who's the quote-unquote whose line is it anyway group. Mm-hmm. Those improv groups are a lot of fun. Uh, there's uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade, but their troops are a little more crass, I think, which is weird because they push the envelope a little bit more. But, like, for... For comedians, I prefer the uh, one one man shows. I think because they work better. Also, there are different types of one man shows. But even the one man shows, they usually have a hype man that comes out that kind of gets the crowd warmed up and gives them a couple chuckles and things like that. Generally, they're pretty good if they're if they're good hype man. So even if it's a one man show, it's still not only one man. That is true. There's also open mic. Open mics are. I've been to open mics. A friend of mine was on an open mic. He was okay. It was not, you know, everyone laughs every five minutes or everyone's too drunk, but it was, it was. Uh, I worked with a self-proclaimed comedian and we would do like work trips and stuff and he would entertain the group. But it was, it was always the same material. It wasn't, so it was really funny like the first two times. And then it was like, okay, we're the same group of people. You can't do the same thing for the same group of people. And like, come on. There are different types of comedians that do things like that. It's because I figure out the comedians, in my opinion, I break them down into four groups. First group is a set comedian who has the, the set joke. That's their set. That's all they know. If you deviate from it, they kind of, they're able to hold their own if they're a good comedian, but for the most part, their thing is that set. If they can, can't move away from it, that's not good. So they're good at the set comedy. So they have a comedy writer, and that's what makes them funny. They have the timing down, but I don't think that they're spontaneously funny. It's they, or they, if they write it themselves, it's good, but it's, they're not spontaneously funny. They have to think about it. A good example of this is I'll bring him up Jerry Seinfeld Jerry Seinfeld he works at his craft he is old school he's very old school like his older comedy routines are a little funny but it's very he's used to be very observational humor uh what's a what is a deal it's a lot of kvetching a lot of complaining that's his well that's a, a mixing of a no but his is a set and uh a few people I know saw him live and they said that he got interrupted by someone and he immediately said listen to the audience listen i need to get back to my joke and he started the joke over and it was all just a set like a set punchline set thought piece now on the other hand our second group is going to be um we're going to say that they are reactionary comedians they are ones who will do who want a a more participatory Medians. These are ones who engage the audience or engagement audiences. And while or they at least read the room. And it, when stuff is funny, they keep down that pain. And if it's not funny, they switch gears. But on the other hand, they are also known as insult comics because they will pick they do pick on audience members. Sometimes positively, sometimes negatively. Like sometimes they'll pull the room and say, Hey you, you guys are dating. How long have you been da- married for? Oh well for me that's in and they go into itself. Other ones it's or the one guy that's Filipino, and he's like, I'm Filipino. Look, auntie, 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 auntie. Yeah. They pick up, and then there's Nice one. clothes, slippers. Nice clothes, slippers. But they all have the nice purse. But Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton. And it's geared towards them, but it's a stereotype, and it's funny, and they but, do it in the right way. But then on the other hand, you have the ones who are... Uh, I'm trying to think of a good, oh, of good older, well, there's a good older example that pops in my head immediately, Don Rickles, who just would be negative and depreciating to everybody. But you also have the opposite, too, which is... But what was nice about him being 
being like that with everybody. It was... He was honest. Even. It was everybody got picked on. Yeah, it's not just one person. But then you have the reverse of that, which is the Rodney Dangerfield, which is, I'm just going to pick on myself for a couple of hours. Which, while it is very funny, it does get a little old. It's the, hey, you know what I mean? Uh, I love my wife. I love her totally, especially when she's 100 miles away. It's like, okay, that's a little... There's something for everybody, though. There's humor for everyone. There is. Um, So the next type, we've talked about our first one, which is the set. Then we have the, the observational engagement one. The one after that is, these are anecdotal. They talk about stories in their life. They bring it for reasons, and they have different influences based on what they've gone through in their life. And sometimes positive, sometimes negative, and it goes through things. Good example of this are Gabriel Iglesias, a.k.a. Fluffy, personal favorite of mine. He's very good. Also, fun fact, he's mild reactionary. Well, he'll go with it, but he'll go back to his story. And also, he's a bit of another version of comic we'll talk about last. You have Lisa uh, Eliza, who her, her whole thing is going over life in general. and well, But it's like from the point of view of the different types of women. And if you are female... Well, I, at least I can speak for myself. It's flipping hilarious. She reminds me of a very young Joan Rivers, but Joan Rivers was an insult comic. Like, she was crash insult comic, but I could see Eliza going that route eventually. And no, she, Eliza just points it out. She's more informative. True. Another one, Bert Kresner, uh, the machine, who he talks about his... His life as essentially, because he was the inspiration for Van Wilder. He was a nine-year college student who did all this crazy stuff. In his life, he did crazy stuff. I mean, he fought a bear, which that's already crazy. And he also No, he t- interacted with the bear. He well, didn't fight it. Well, it was considered fighting a bear. <laughs> the bear beat the hell out of him. He survived. And he, and he talks about that. He talks about the experiences he had. He talks about his kids. And that's intriguing. And... and I think of another good uh, anecdotal comedian that's really good. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy is very anecdotal. Yes, he does throw. He does hype up that red, that his his redneck white collar, blue collar <laughs> elements. But he's actually he's really funny, and he's well done. Now the fourth one, the fourth comedian, and you actually forgot one group. This group is the vulgarist. Good example, Bob Saget. Oh, he's just so... No, they're very funny, but the way that they get by their 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 uh, comedy is they want to be as vulgar and crass as possible. Whoopi Goldberg. And what's his name from Everybody one Loves them. Raymond? Uh, Brad Garrett is not as bad as an Andrew Dice Clay. He's... No, he like straight up admits it in his show, like a couple minutes into it, when you realize it's vulgar and crass... He goes, I bet right now you're all saying, where's Robert? He's like, I'm not fucking Robert. It's like, whoa. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, but like the king of it is Bob Saget. Because you think, oh, Bob Saget, dad from Full House. And he spends 40 minutes talking about rape and, and, and other very, very taboo subjects. Funny, but it's like, whoa. It's very, it's very comical. I know that there's other uh, vulgarists out there that I could think of. Uh, I would say Dane Cook, but Dane Cook is... In one of those weird situations, because he's also technically a thief comic. And that's another element that, well, anyway. So anyway, the fifth and final group in our little list here. These are the vulgarist, the anecdotal, the the interaction comic, just the straight-up set comic. And then last but not least, we have one of the best types of comics. It's also one of the most rare comics. That is the stream of consciousness. Good examples were Mitch Hedberg and Robin Williams. Both of them geniuses. Their sets are super fast and quick, but also it's not a straight line. You will never see that. If you could go see them five times in a row, you will never see the same show because it goes all over the place. It's like watching a ping pong ball. Now, Mitch Hedberg, on one hand, was he, his sets were second jokes. Like, they're just a statement, and then he moves on. Never goes back to it. Just, let's keep going, let's keep going, let's keep going. Rob Williams, you just tell him a subject, or you just he just observes it, or it pops in his brain. and. Oof. He wasn't like that from the very beginning, though. 
in the very, like he was that way because he was so seasoned. He was gearing up to be more of that way from the beginning, but in the beginning he had bits. Well, when he first started out, the first the beginning was bits, but then but he was because I think it was because they said rain it in, rain it in, like you know, rain it in. Like your interviews about everyone was talking about him. They said he was he was well, he was an amazing comedian, a genius. Just he had to be someone that had to be controlled a little bit. But and at first he was able to be controlled because he was he's a nobody. But once he became Robin Williams, not just Robin that guy, when he became Robin Williams, then it's all bets are off. And a lot of those comedians who are stream of consciousness are very intriguing, engaging, but it's they, there is no subject they will never cover, but it's not like a vulgarist. It's they'll just, it'll just pop in their head and it'll come out and they'll be like, it's like they don't have that filter in their head that says, hey, you're not supposed to say this at this time. It's like, they're like nope, I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, Andy Kaufman, you could say was that. But also, Andy Kaufman was his own little independent thing. Because Andy Kaufman was a comic genius who was also out of his fucking mind. You've, you've, have you ever watched any of the Andy Kaufman stuff? I feel like I have. Well, for those of you who've never heard or seen Andy Kaufman, watch the movie Man on the Moon. Jim Carrey, does it's a biopic with Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman. Now, while a lot of it has been edited and fixed for reasons, it does do justice to Andy Kaufman. Uh, we, uh, well, I received... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know Andy Kaufman. I received one of his autobiographies. Uh, well, it was an autobiography. It was a biography that was released by First Second Publishing. Really well done, but it went on to his life through his obsession with wrestling. And it also explained why he became the intergender champion where he would fight women. It's a whole, actually kind of fascinating and ooh, twisted... Uh, story but it goes into his mindset and it's actually he's very fascinating but he's a weird comedian that was just like his was a mixture of reactionary vulgar and a stunt comic where it would be he'd do stunts so it was more of a he was more not comedian but he was more a artist like he'd be a in the art world he'd be a dadaist now for those who don't know dadaists were a group of impressionists who went against the the the, all right, well, okay, I'm using a bunch of words that most art majors will never know. It's a long story short. In art, generally, you have rules or groups that you follow depending on the, the type of art that's popular at the time. When you had, uh, people were doing realistic paintings, everyone did realistic paintings. When people were doing more abstract paintings, they did more abstract paintings. The Dadaists were, they were a movement that started when reactionary paintings were happening and they started doing very bizarre things. For example, one of the most famous ones was an artist when said, I'm going to bring a sculpture to an art show. He put a fake name, went to the art show, and what did he submit for this art show? A urinal he bought at a hardware store. And it was just, that was his art piece. And this began a movement of weird, using found objects to create these strange, abstract things. that are just completely bizarre, but it was a, almost a performance piece. And that's, that is uh, similar to Andy Kaufman, where it was like, it was a bizarre, strange metamorphosis. But all... Gotcha. Bizarre, strange metamorphosis. But those are the people who, like, put in a water cooler at an art display. That is true. Or an air Is that really art? It's a commentary. They, they're pushing those questions to be that, is it art, is it not art? Because it's they're thinking of the grand scheme of things. Also, they're all out of their minds. But the same thing was that was Andy Kaufman. That was also Robin Williams, kind of out of his mind. A lot of them are out of their mind. And a lot of them are, well, different. So back to the point at hand, which yesterday we watched two comedians. We watched uh, the, the new Jerry Seinfeld comedy special, 23 Hours to Live. And then we saw uh, Bert uh, Kershinger's Go uh, hey, big boy, which that was really awkward when you found out where Hey, big boy came from. I don't think I know where Hey, big boy came from. No, his little, his oh, youngest daughter would say, Hey, yeah. big boy. It's like, why would you call your dad that? But you know what? At the age of 13, children are weird. Mm-hmm. We all were weird at 13. 13 is like the strange time. But it was, but they're two very different comics. 
two very different comics. Yeah, yeah. And we got recommended uh, the Jerry Seinfeld from Family, and it was funny. It was funny. I don't think it was funny. I think that there were elements that were funny, but there's a lot that wasn't funny as well. But the things that were funny that hit, they hit really well. But it was like his. The things that were funny is if you come into it relaxed with a good attitude, it's funny. If you come into it curmudgeonly, it's not funny. I don't think that at all. I think that it just, I came to laugh. His whole point was sucks and great are very close to each other. How we deem things to be awesome and horrible is a very, very fine line. There's no movie that was okay. It's like most people will say, oh, it sucked. Or, oh, it was great. And his commentary was about kind of how absurd that is. And it was funny. But not everybody thought it was funny. No, I kind of just, well. You didn't think it was funny. It's fine. I don't think it was funny. I think that he was, and maybe part of it was, I have some pre, pre, pre uh, prejudice against it, but I liked his last stand-up. This one was not as like I wasn't rolling out the floor laughing. That's how I kind of judge a comedian, where I'm dying laughing. So the other comedian, you were dying laughing when he was talking about being caught watching porn from his wife. No, that And no. that, I didn't find that funny. No, that was funny, but also... But you thought that was the funniest thing no, no, known no. to mankind. No, that wasn't the only thing that was funny. That and he, the punchline that you liked the most was when it was talking about hardcore porn. No, no, no. The, so there's different types no, of humor. No, the funny... I didn't no, personally I found the, funny. No, when his dad was high, hooting at... He talks about how his dad found weed, and he's he's high, hooting at nothing, and he's hooting at an old another old man. He was talking to an owl. He thought he was talking to an owl, and he's hooting at another old man. That's hysterical. That's funny. Also, the fact that uh, his daughter's uh, the whole prank that his daughters pulled on the two boys. That's funny. How his daughters got their period, and how he had to deal with that, and that was really funny, especially if you're. Wanting to be a parent or are a parent or. Like everything with his, his daughters and his, his family are really funny. I think. But it's again, but humor is also subjective. There are some people who find some stuff very funny. Some people who don't. I mean, I know people who think that's funny to say very crass things in polite society. And then if they don't find if people don't laugh at them, they repeat the joke. Like if you didn't hear it. And that's not funny, I don't think. Also, vulgarist humor, not funny. But on the other hand, we have people like Baz who says that you can make fun of anything no matter what the situation is. Something is, everything is funny to somebody. Yeah. That's the thing. Everything is funny to somebody. Yeah. So I'm just curious, what did, what do you guys find funny? What is your, what shows do you guys like? Is there any specific comedian that's your favorite comedian of all time? Like, I love listening to, to funny, uh, to funny comedians. I like listening to fun podcasts. Uh, I like a little bit like Joe Rogan a little bit. He's kind of funny, but a little too political for my taste. Uh, I like Jeff Foxworthy. He's funny. And he's very clean. That's one thing is Jeff Foxworthy is very clean. He's, he's very a, funny. He's a blue-collar, strong family man, faith-based. It's clean so that everybody can listen to it, and it is funny. Also, um, uh, Jeff Dunham. Jeffafa Dunham. I kill you. I kill you. He's funny. But that's a, that's, a, that's a prop comic. That's a whole other genre of things. That just reminds me of, uh, like, you're number two. Who's number one? Jeff Dunham. No. Dunham. Dot com. But yeah, what do you guys find funny? Who's your favorite comedian of the moment? Uh, you have past comedians, present comedians. Like, who did you like the best? Like the the, the least in the the past, the present. We can even talk about the debate about the prior versus George Carlin versus uh, versus Joan Rivers. Now, Joan Rivers, I find she well, her and Silverman are two that I don't like. Like Sarah Silverman's a little, but anyway. Uh, and then, of course, we have, well, we can't bring him up. 
that's a taboo subject. I found I used to find him funny, but then after things came out, he was no longer funny. Okay. But so besides comedians, what else? Uh, so officially, people are going outside. Yes, they are. There are people outside right now, walking around without masks. That's crazy. Why are they not wearing masks? I don't know. Just because they're figuring out that they have a hard time breathing through it. True, but I mean, when you have a group of five people, which we can even observe right now, and three of them are wearing masks, and the last one is not, that's kind of like a, is there a reason why you're not wearing a mask? Or just because? Because in Boston right now, it's mandated. You, As of May 6th, you cannot be outside without a mask. Unless you're under the age of something-something. But that's even... Yeah, it's under the age of five, but that's even... Because at that point, it's a choking hazard. Yeah. And try to get a baby to keep a mask on. It's not going to happen. That's why you they should make, like, a cover for a stroller for babies, like a bubble stroller. You know, they did that... Um, was it World War Two? They had strollers that had covers on them with windows in it. And there's pictures of women pushing the strollers around wearing gas masks, preparing for more. I remember in I remember the pictures in Britain from 1910 with the bat, the masks for kids, which it's that's a whole other. It's really just. At least we're not actually. Are we at that level in gas masks? Well, we got face masks on. We're not looking for bombs. We're infecting each other. Yeah. No. We're. It's just a. And things are supposedly evening, they're leveling out a little bit. Like some things are leveling out, some things are not. But we're trying and things are kind of, you think they're getting back to normal? Um, slowly. I know some states are opening back up. I just, I don't know. I just feel that some of the, some of the, uh, Things that are happening are are never going to change. I think that masks are going to be part of life for for forever, or for the next foreseeable future. Uh, some people like I had. I was talking to my dad about this, and he said, "Oh no, everything will be back to normal next uh, by June." It's like I don't. Think, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think that that uh, the way we were in the end of 2019 is going to be the same ever again. I don't think we're going to go back to that for years. I think things are going to be very different. I think us with masks on and, you know, and speaking of masks, who crochets, who knits, who does, who's done artwork on their masks? Like I saw some cool masks on a, on Pinterest. I hate to say it <laughs> on Pinterest that looked really cool. That were shared to me by Greta. And she actually was thinking about making one of them. Or a few of them. Yes. Like the Spider-Man one looked really cool. I need black yarn. Can't you sub you use a different color? Like blue? Yeah, but then that's not with Spider-Man. Spider-Man was blue, white, and uh, red. The black is for accents. And the webs. Yeah, but, but you need to put webs on it. You can do blue webs. I could show you Spider-Man with blue, blue webs. I'll show you right now. See? Well, I'm showing her a picture of Ben Riley's Spider-Man costume. Uh, for those who don't know, Ben Riley was considered the clone of is is one of the clones of Spider-Man. Whole issue with that. And around the eyes, it's black. You need black. Mm, I think you could work around it. You can work around, but I, I see what you're saying. Like. You look at this Todd McFarlane drawing of him. It's not black. It's just a dark blue. See? Dark blue. Oops. See? It's dark blue. It's not black. Right? That still comes out. It's Reddit. <laughs> it's blue. It looks like black. It's blue. However, so you have Spider-Man costumes. There was one, uh, one mask that was done like a Wookiee. Some are done like the bottom of people's faces. 
Which is the th three that you were interested in on Pinterest? I like the ones that they make a animal face. They put like the cat nose and the whiskers on it. I think it's whimsical and funny. I like when they do like lips on it, you know, like red lips. Mm -hmm. um, uh huh. Or just regular kind of knit, like every day. Yeah, the face ones are kind of funny. I think they should do a face one with like a triple chin. I kind of like those. I like the, the your design is here or, or people putting logos here or uh, one person had an idea that you should put a my name is there so people could read your lips. But then there's also some of the more functional masks that looked kind of cool, like the ones with the clear, uh, you were telling me about it. It had that, what was it? It had a clear panel in it so that deaf people can still read lips. Can you, can you read my lips? No. Why not? But the lips, uh, and, th and that's a functional mask. I mean, what type of masks do you guys have? Our masks are very simple. Uh, Greta was smart enough to get us shop towels to put as filters, and we got some nice towels. Because the true medical-grade ones that you're... The M95s. Are the ones that actually block supposedly the virus really should be for the for, for medical personnel and essential essential personnel. right so there's not a lot of them so you know there there's a million masks out out there everyone's home sewing them offering them for free for inexpensive different stores have them designers are making them there's little scarves and pullovers there's louis vuitton ones yeah but there's like scarves and neck neck pullover things um which are great, and they follow the letter of the law of making sure that your mouth and nose are covered in public, but then they don't actually protect you. So then they're saying that shop towels have the most protection to, to use as an insert. So then you can use any of the masks that are easy to home make or get from friends or whatever, but then it actually still protects you, and it's machine washable, which is always a plus. Which is good, because it's not one of these disposable masks they have. A lot of people are borrowing. We have masks that we could wash again, even though it's kind of getting annoying having to go downstairs, get our, because we live on a, we live on the fifth floor of a building. So we have to go downstairs, get our stuff, go back up the five flights. And then after that, we have to wash it. But then if I forgot something like the mail, I have to go back down. I have to make another mask, do the whole thing all over again. But that's also partially because we're crazy. We're not crazy. We're actually being very conscientious and we're, making sure that we are safe because we are high risk. And some of you are, are high risk as well. Some of you are not. Some of you are just staying in. I know some people are just saying, you know what? I don't care. I'm going outside. Wow. A friend of mine, he visits his girlfriend's parents and he stands outside. That's his method of, of interacting, which is actually kind of smart, but also feels, well, it's actually very endearing too, mm -hmm. because he's willing to be there and see them, even and he's but he's willing to protect them, which is good. Which is very good indeed. Now another person I know, their whole thing is they don't care. They're going out. They're meeting people, but they they said they're following this rule that they read about online, where you could see ten people. That's it. So they see the same ten people, which that seems kind of. But if those 10 people are seeing... 10 other people. Right. Yeah, if that's where it gets into kind of the... They're getting sick, and they're getting more sick, and they're getting more sick, and then everybody gets sick. Yay! Unless those 10 people are only seeing each other. Yeah, unless it's those specific 10 people are seeing those 10 people, and then... But this world is going to change. And two years ago when I went to Japan, or three years ago when I went to Japan, everyone, whenever they're sick, they're wearing face masks. That seems like it was kind of a... Uh, an omen? Because it was very normal. Like, I thought it was weird, but it was apparently, it was super normal to do that in Japan. And now that's becoming the norm around the world. Well, Japan and China for decades have done face masks if they're not feeling well. And it was a public service that, to not get others sick. Yes. And it's not even, like, hugely sick. If they just had a snuffle, they would put a mask on. 
And some people would just wear a mask if they, you know, had an important thing coming up and didn't want to get sick or things like that. So it was very normal and not, it wasn't a thing. Yeah, also, it's, it was also, it is very normal. Uh, the other thing is that the super social, social faux pas to sneeze in public. I had to sneeze like a couple times and everybody was be like, can't sneeze, can't sneeze, can't put a finger in her face. We'll get and it, it used to be you have to put your hand to your mouth and cover your mouth when you sneeze. And then the whole movement of sneezing into your elbow. elbow like a vampire. You're like, blah. Well, I think that's what started the whole dab movement. Actually, you're right. Look. Mm, right? true. It's just literally putting up your other arm. Maybe people aren't dabbing, they're sneezing. Do the sne- it should be called the sneeze. <laughs> sneeze. No. True, but dab's over now. So if you do that now in public, then you're old. And the floss is over. Thank God. Yeah. Hated the floss. Now it's all TikTok videos. TikTok videos. No, it's the brush is the new thing. The 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 magic brush. Yes. Uh, for those and going to TikTok, if you do watch TikTok, we watch TikTok. We don't have a TikTok because, well, let's be honest. I don't think I'd be good at it. A little weird, but anyway, so the new TikTok craze is you have. Beautiful women waking up early when they're not in their or in their pajamas, no makeup, messy hair, and they pick up a hairbrush, they look at it, they put it on the camera, and then when they remove it from the camera, ta-da! Hair, makeup, outfit is all done, perfect. Nice little scene, uh, scene transition. And then they throw the brush, and somebody else catches it, looks at it, pushes it on the camera, pulls it back, ta-da! All made up, and then they drop the brush, and somebody else catches it, and it goes on and on and on. In there, but then there was the, the Maori people um, um, were doing that. And those who are not familiar with like um, hula culture or hakas, um, the Maori tribe is the tribe that really kind of owns that haka, that dance that's that. Um, A war dance? Yeah. What's his name? Does it? Aquaman? No, uh, Jason, Momoa. Jason Momoa, you said he, was, was He kind of up. like normalized it for everybody. Um, but that tribe, they do different kind of war face paint, men, women. And it's part of the dance and part of the culture where they're, well, they will paint like their chin, their tongue. They make these scary faces and they do these dances to kind of like intimidate their opponent. But it's cultural and it's really cool. They just did, somebody did a TikTok video with little kids from that tribe doing that. So they look like cute little toddlers and they put the brush on there and then they pull the brush off and they have their face paint and they do the little... You do a haka dance? They do the little, stick their tongue out and make a scary face and then... So they're, they're supposed to be being Maui at the end of uh, uh, Moana when he loses his, his fishing hook and he's doing the haka to... Yes, uh, to distract... To, uh, what is to it? Fi- to fiti. It's not to fiti. It's, uh, it's uh, um, what is... Taka. <laughs> What you realize is defeat you. Spoilers! Some people haven't seen the movie yet. It's been 10 years. Has it? That's a good question. I think it's only been like five years, but it's, it's, it is defeat you. But that is cool. But there was one you showed me which was really funny. What was that one you were showing me? It was, uh, what was it? The one TikTok. Uh, with the guy. Hmm? Uh, where the guy gets the brush and he doesn't know what to do. Oh, yes. They were doing the makeover brush thing, and the guy kept getting it and, like, researching it and trying to figure it out. He would throw it away, and then a girl would get it, do the makeup reveal, and then it would end up back at him. It was hilarious. He's just getting more and more frustrated. Like He kept he... Googling magic makeup brush, wormholes. It was funny. It, it, like, talking to people, saying, like, it chose me, but I don't know why it chose me. I don't care. He doesn't want it. And then eventually he does it, and it just, it's, uh, because he has a big beard, and he shaves his beard off with the brush. I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Very. But TikTok, do you have any, do you have, uh, do you guys have any TikToks that you've been obsessing about or intrigued with at this point? Or should we start a TikTok? I don't know. TikTok is one of those ones I'm not sure that we are ready for. But if you guys think we should do a TikTok, let us know. Maybe I'll do a TikTok. Sounds so weird. I think TikTok, I think of Clock or I think of TikTok from uh, from Oz. 
But we have to stay current. We can't become old. We're not old. We're not. We just review. I just review books that are on paper. Well, I have been doing digital books. Oh, we're old. We're not old. We need to stay relevant. I think I'm relevant. Would you want to see TikTok videos? What do you want to see? From us? Like, would it be like what? Manga stuff? Anime? That's a a lot of the anime community are doing TikToks involving uh, anime music. Some are just doing like little quick flashes of scenes. I don't know. But he wants to, well, reenacting scenes would be weird. <laughs> like, reenact a scene from a manga you've read. Because some of them are NSFW. Our, yeah. And other ones I don't think would be legal because of, like, there's blood involved. Like, what do we use? Ketchup? Like, you know, ketchup in a paper fan? Har har. Actually, speaking of paper fans, an off topic. Do you know how to make the paper fan thing? There's Pinterest videos. I'm sure I could figure it out. No, I mean, like, from school. Like, the... Like, when we were young, the... the <laughs> yeah, I can make a paper fan. No, because no, there was this one, there was... What is the other? It's all folds, and then you... Then there was the Ninja Star thing, which that one I... I, I but can, you just keep folding the paper, and then you pinch one end, and then you open it up, and that's a fan. Yeah, but then there's the, the, the Ninja Star note, which... I used to be able to do those. Yes, back in the day before you were able to text, well, you weren't, you're not able to text your classmates when you... When you, you passed notes in class, you would fold it up in different specialty ways. There were some clever ways, like one was the... Uh, the Ninja Star was cool. I used to do the... the you forget, I'm from Hawaii, so there was like super origami. I know, so I'm just curious as to what you, what you had, because for me it was just either the, hand, the fold the note into a little square or... If you want to be clever and get across the room, but this is kind of 50-50 because they also might think you're attacking you, using well, a rubber band and launching it like a... Like in, a our, in our friend groups, we would origami into different shapes to indicate like who it was for. Like So-and-so would be a heart. So if you wanted to write her a note, you would fold it into a heart, give it to her. Or a star. But wouldn't that also, like, square. did the teachers catch on to that? Or did they know that? Or did they think you were just passing origami around? No, they are not stupid. They knew, knew we were passing notes. If but you, also, we would write them in class and fold them up and then, like, push it into your locker or stick it in your bag and be like, oh, look at this in English. You know, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, no, the, the locker trick is a good one. Uh, look shoe. at this in intro to Japanese. The shoe... I'm trying to think of what other ones there was. Um, yeah, no, mine. I I did the code, the coding. We you had the code. Oh yeah, you wrote in code. Where the friends, where all the friends had the cipher, but it was like you'd write it in like it looks like gibberish or symbols, and it's just. We would send each other emails when we were in high school. And we would type and then select all and then change it to wingdings and then email it to each other. So it looked like it was corrupted or whatever. And then you had to select all and change it out of wingdings. Uh, but it didn't work if you printed it and gave it to you because then it's in wingdings. You can read wingdings. It's possible. It is possible, especially like for a graphic designer because we have to learn all those stupid fonts. We have to write them by hand because of garbage reasons. Not garbage reasons. Because back in the day, before you had all these fonts available to you via the, via the computer, graphic designers had to memorize all the fonts by hand, or at least five fonts. And I could write four by hand. Yeah, but that's not like high school. That was, that, yes, that was college. You're right. That was college, not high school. So high school, it was like at the end of my last year of high school, once the school got, well, the school had internet for three years beforehand. Oh, God, we're old. <laughs> I'm old. But that was when people started bringing phones to class, but you couldn't. But they weren't like the texting ones. They were the uh, the Nokia's of the world. And then people had pagers, and you could do pager code to people. Pager code was a big deal back in in high school. That was a big deal. You'd you'd send the, the code, and it was all the. Well, that was apparently really big in the West Coast where you had, like, the books you had to buy, which had all the little codes and all this stuff. There were no books. 
It was like person to person. I have mon- there's mangas which talk about that. Boys B is a good example, but where actually he had to buy a book which said like, oh, if you you send in like three seven nine four one four three, that means I love you with all my heart. Yeah, because one four three meant I love you. Yes, but it was like the other parts, and that's and then another one is the secret code you use if you want if you agree to this person to be your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Yes, I like reading rom com mangas. Give me a break. You guys know this by now, but it's. It's kind of cool that, that that coding has become texting because texting was just appeared magically. And to, to steal from the Jerry Seinfeld uh, comic special, and this is one of the things I did find funny, it's like texting just magically appeared. Like, we, like, I know, like, I know when it started because of me being a dumb tech geek, but it was like, it did just kind of like everyone accepted it very quickly. It wasn't like we're going to wait a while to do this. It just supplanted phones, phone calls. That just happened, like, organically. The destruction of the English language, that's another thing altogether. That's been a destruction since the beginning of English language. Hmm? English language has been slowly deteriorating over time. Each generation has its own slang, vernacular way of speaking, where... We think it's proper sounding to us, but you go back one generation before that and they're, they're appalled. You mean like heavy? Right. <laughs> nice little back to the future Saying, joke. But... Hey, daddy <laughs> or anything like that. You know, you used to call kids used to call their parents father, not dad or pop or. Is a papa or papa is a child that would be father. Right. Or, or they would or be referred sir. to by their title. Sir. Right. Sir wasn't that far away. Like Lord, like I've never heard someone say Lord Grant, Lord Grantham to their, to their. We don't their, have that class system. I'm saying the class system, you don't say like, oh, Lord, uh, to their own father. They would say father, I would assume. Unless it is like a, it's like a step. It depends if you were alone or in a social situation. No, but in a social situation, you don't, you would say. Uh, but even I grew up, my parents were professionals and had their own company. And amongst their peers or clients, I was still much more professional. Um, I would call them by their first name when appropriate and then interrupt very politely. Um, but they were also just mom, dad. You know. But it was like, are they with clients? Are they not with clients? Like, I knew my parents' full name at a young age. I knew they weren't just mom and dad. Mom and dad's what I call it, but their full name was blank, 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 like, you know, blank, 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 mom, uh, Zan's mom, blank, 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 Zan's dad. But it's I would never call them by their first name until... Like I, I, occasionally I call them by their first name by, by the time I was out of high school, but never beforehand because of just fear of repercussions because of the whole oh you know parents are scary, scary creatures, and they are authoritative. Nowadays I've heard kids who are ten, eleven calling their parents by their given first name, and you're like, okay. But this is starting to get towards that old territory of adulthood versus childhood versus all that. And that's something we're not really going to expound upon because that's kind of a... But you're right. Texting has helped deteriorate <laughs> the overall vernacular. Yes. We've... You know, people don't write OK, they write K. They don't write thank you, they put T-Y. They don't, they don't say... Uh... Funny or ha-ha. Yes. They say LOL. LOL. Or rolling on the floor laughing. Ruffle. Ruffle, 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 ruffle. I may be an offender of or the ruffle. Or L-M-A-O. Actually, Were you really laughing your ass off? Is your ass still attached to your Hey, LMF, LMFAO is one of the best bands ever. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. It's, it's kind of like, it's just reactionary, but I don't know. I'm still one of the old people, and I'll admit this, I'm one of the older people who likes talking on the phone, and when I met Greta, it drove her crazy that I like talking on the phone. She didn't tell me that, but uh, until later. It drove me nuts. I hate talking on the phone. 
But as you guys know, because I've been doing a podcast since 2008, and I hate reiterating that, but I, I'm kind of a chatty person. Very chatty person. Become chatty. And is that a bad thing? No, not at all. I had to get used to it. Are you used to it now? Because I work, and in my, my job, I don't always have free time to be on the phone, but I could have enough time to shoot off a text message. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, here's this. But I didn't call you during work times. I would text you at work times. Yeah. I would text you at work times, but then off the clock, I would, I would call. And then you learned, I learned that I never leave work on time. Yes, which is kind of a... Uh, you were always irritated with that in the beginning. I thought you were done with work at five. Yeah, my job doesn't work like that. Yeah, but, but, but again, that's the difference between... Could mean six. <laughs> no, I'm aware... Could mean 515. In the private... When, in the non-manga private sector, that was a case of, oh, you're, you, you're kind of going to be done at five, but then it's nine o'clock at night, and you're like, yeah, your deadline's in an hour in, in, tomorrow. You have to work hard. Or God forbid something happens where... Paper gets stuck into a printer, and you have to shove your hand into a, a super hot printer to remove the blockage. That's always fun. Hope, you know what I'm talking about. You remember those days at that horrible place. And so thankful that place is gone to the wind. But we're used to it, and, and just, I don't know, I think that talking is, is one of those, I don't think it should be forgotten. I know, I know people say, oh, it saves you two seconds, but I don't know. Think it'll ever be forgotten. Sorry about that. Just had to get some smudge off of this computer. Go on. No, I, I said I don't think it'll ever be forgotten. It gets to the point where we're just texting and it's inappropriate not to text. Libros be like, you have to talk. Don't text in here. Clack, 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 clack. Right? Well, also, you have to be careful what you do text. It's safer a lot of times to talk because, yes, you, something could be recorded, but when it's written... It's forever. A screenshot captures it, even if you delete or retract the message. It's Yeah, that's why whenever permanent. you write things online, make sure you know what you're doing. I learned that the hard way a long time ago. I had a minor incident occurring with that. Led to issues. From then on, I've learned... One, I never write anything that I don't mean. That's two, no one who is not close family will see my real texts. Anybody else will see like just generic like, hi, life is wonderful. Like personal people, like certain things I will send only to certain people. I have like in Google uh, Plus, which is now just officially just because they died. Now it's Facebook, whatever. Uh, it's you go to the, you send it to the circle, the group that that's setting it to. So this is going to family, this is going to friends. That's how I do things now because I don't want to get in trouble. But I still am very, even to my friends, I don't put everything down because I think about what I say. Another, but that's a whole nother debate because that's like these kids on TikTok and um, Snapchat. They're like, oh, but it's just an incident, it goes away. Nothing goes away. It will follow you forever. The dick pic you just sent will be available for years to come. Just look at the revenge porn business. That is a very, you know... Don't look at the revenge porn business. But that's a good example of things things never going away. Yes, it is Star Wars time. But that's a good example of things never going away because people are mad at someone else and, hey, she sent me this, here you go, onto the internet. No, but I mean, before it would be people sent letters and then that was documentary proof. But then you could burn it or you would write in triplicate and you'd have a carbon copy, but you could still burn it or destroy it. Digitally, now nothing's ever really gone. Yes, that is is true. It's in the cloud. It's in the cloud. Yeah. Forever. I think, well, even though a lot of people were upset about the whole postal service at the moment, because apparently, well, one, there's a new postmaster general who's questionable. The whole, in the whole, they're going to go bankrupt soon, all that. I mean, maybe just for a week, everyone should just send letters. I mean, how cool would that be? Everyone sends letters for a week. It would be super cool, but at the same time, 
We're not used to that. You write a letter and then you mail it and in a couple of days you're going to get it and then you're going to respond and then in a couple of days you write it back. So it's going to take like and then a text message. I'd be like, no, but I'd be by like, the time just you, for... even if your phone is dead, by the time you charge your phone, you get it, you'll have the message and you respond. No, but what I mean is like just to keep the post office going just for one week, everybody does a, we're going to send letters. Do kids even know how to send a letter? Apparently not. I mean, kids are also not... Younger, uh, young people, the young peoples, no, seriously, kids don't know how to, they know how to write, they just don't know the basics anymore. They don't know script anymore. I mean, my nephew kind of knows how to read script because certain people who are helping him with homework will only write in script. Right. My script has gone to hell and my penmanship has gone to hell too. I can't. Like, I was trying to write something down, and it's like, I used to write very eloquently by hand. Now my penmanship, the way I write, is just really bad. I've heard that it's not the case in other countries, though. For those of you who live around the world, let me know. Is your penmanship so good? Is it bad? Do you not care anymore? Some people never had good pen- penmanship. Even when they practiced. No, that's true. That's why you had type pop. You had penmanship classes. I mean... For those of you who write in non, uh, well, let's be honest, uh, we use the Arabic writing system. People who use non-Arabic writing systems, how's your penmanship? Uh, for those of you who are from uh, the Asian countries, and that's including Russia, you all have very different characters. How is your penmanship? I mean, do you have to, do you write a certain way? Do you just use a computer at this point? Well, obviously you're going to use a computer, because you're. but I'm just curious, like in your day-to-day life. Even on phones, they have different keyboards. You can type in. Mm. I know uh, Chinese, Japanese. You can type in Russian. You know, there's so many different. It's it's just writing is so interesting and fascinating at the same time. I didn't really love it. Like I hated penmanship class. Like because I like because um, my given name does not start with an X. Does not. And the way that my given first letter is written, I don't like how it is in cursive, which is script. So I would change it to be more to more unique to my style. And I love that I write like that. It actually looks really elegant on my part. But same thing for Greta. I don't like the capital G in cursive. I like the lowercase G in cursive. So I use the lowercase G larger. I'm surprised you don't do like I did and just acclimate the the print uh, writing and connect it. Mm-mm. Yeah. I do know that eventually I'm going to get off my ass and, and actually use uh, my my bamboo board that I do have somewhere in a box. I'll get the bamboo board out and I'll actually make a font, which is my hand Even though that is very difficult to do because you have to do like 50 letters. Because you have to do double everything that you're going to copy. So if you're going to do every symbol, every letter, it's 100 characters you have to do. Because you have to do uppercase, lowercase, all the numbers. You have to do all the different points. So it's like the period, semicolon, the colon, the comma, exclamation point, the, the number symbol slash hashtag, the ambersant, the at symbol, the uh, dollar sign, the star, which isn't a star. I still call it an asterisk. Yes, it's an asterisk or star, the hashtag or pound sign. Or a number sign. Or a number sign. Or tic-tac-toe sign. <laughs> it is... It is a tic-tac-toe. And everybody gets confused with colon and semicolon. Yeah, it took a while to figure out that semicolon is the one with the uh, comma at the bottom. Yeah. It's the winky face. It's yep. the winky face. But yeah, no, writing... Well, Writing is different, and we've gone all over the place as usual. So I think that we're going to kind of tap out here because we've gone from comedians. We're out of coffee, too. Yes, we went from comedian, and, and I didn't drink your coffee today. Yay! Or your wine. It's too early for wine. It's never too early for wine. I don't think. Right? Har har. But yes, so... in. So that is it for today. I think we're going to stop here. 
Uh, next time, we'll probably talk about some other random things. Maybe we'll talk about British TV shows that we're watching, or we could talk about something cool like the about murder mysteries because apparently someone has been starting to read old Nancy Drews. Me. And I've actually been looking at some of the old uh, Arthur Conan Doyle stuff and some of the other interesting murder mysteries as of late. That's been keeping me a little bit busy because there is some really cool murder mysteries that are on there. And some of them are really well done even for this age, even though they do use some weird vernacular. Uh, The one that you're reading is more modern, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the original like Nancy was walking by the train tracks in her full dress with shoes on. Now she's wearing her jeans driving a Maserati. No? Except she wasn't in a Maserati. It was a Ferrari. Mm, No. And And did the butler do it? No, the butler didn't do it because there wasn't a butler in this one. Actually, and that makes me wonder if we do. Uh, there was a gang. Ooh, that would be actually. Good one. So we've done different theme months for these Spirekin podcasts. Now, just to this is a last minute thing because it just popped in my head, and I like being weird like this. However, uh, let's go to it. So in our website, if you go to www.spirekin.com. Or you can go to sparkin.com forward slash P forward slash theme hyphen month. So T-H-E-M-E dash M-O-N-T-H-S slash at the end of that. We have the different theme months that we've talked about over time and ideas we've had for different theme months for the podcast. Now, I'm curious. If we did a theme month for books, would you guys be interested in that for our book corner? If we did like all murder mysteries or all sci-fi books or dare I say it, all political biographies. Let's not pick political biographies. There's someone there that wants us to, to read about Ronald Reagan and about Abraham Lincoln. True. Or about who's another? Or JFK. I should I actually had to do a report on JFK and read one of his biographies. It's actually really fascinating. If you read the conspiracy ones where it talks about this whole thing with Marilyn Monroe, that's even more intriguing. But that feels like... Biographies are tough, though. Like, I love Shaq. He's one of my favorite basketball players of all time. Oh, he had a ghostwriter. But even with the ghostwriter, I couldn't read that book. I kept trying. I kept giving up. It was just bad. But that's the difference between a good writer, bad writer. Like, one of my favorite biographies I've read is... Uh, and this is not... This is uh, Eric Idle, his second biography. Because he's done three of them. And it's fascinating because he wrote it like a road journal. So he'd write it like, here's my journal entry for this point. And he'd go over his thoughts and his mind. It's actually really cool. But then on the other hand, like, uh, I read the uh, Fred Astaire one. My dad got it. I got it from my dad. He loved it, and I read it. And it was just kind of like, it was good, but it was dry. But that's for another topic. But would you want us to do something like that? Like, do our theme months for those? Also, I have to... Speaking of which, I have to redesign the site again. Um, do you think I should put all the different theme months here? Like for like theme months by like anime, manga? Yeah. So on and so forth. Or should I just do... Is that going to be easier to get to? Maybe. Because I have like for, the, for our review archive, if you go to the website again, if you look at our review archives, we have two different review archives. And I actually, actually I have to update those because I'm at 200 or 186, I believe, no. 184, I think, is the last one that I updated. Hold on a moment. Going to look at this, go through this again for a moment. I think it's 184. But yes, 184 was the last one I, I updated on the uh, review archive for the mangas. And 55 for the TV, uh, for, the, for the movies. So I have a couple I need to update, I think. Right? Yes. So I'll update these and switch them to other things. And maybe we'll fix this up and make things look a little bit better. I'm actually going to be moving things around. But do you, back to the point, do you think I should put down, uh, you guys? would you guys want me to put down other review archive stuff? And do you want me to put for theme months or like redesign it make it look better? I mean, what do you think about the design for the uh, movie review archive right now? Besides the color of the font. I know that's bad. It looks... It's, it's very organized. Yeah, but it lost my interest. Like, it's too much words. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be word. You think I should just put the overall, just three lines instead? So the problem is that with the review archive for the movies, it had all the, re- the, the co-host ratings because everyone would do a different rating. 
I think you can tell me. I think it should be the first three, and then the fourth column should just be one, inclusive of all co-hosts, and then in there you can put number of co-hosts, something right. like that, and then the other one. Let's go back one. Oops, one more. Hmm. Like the Monger View archive is very simple. Yeah. And it just has who is the co-host on there and uh, what was the rating or who reviewed it and what was the rating. Yeah. You think this is better? Yeah. It's sim more simple. But still, like you said, is it still too, uh, you can't focus on it? It just looks like a big, big list. But that's what it is. It's a list of all the things. If you want to look for the different series we talked yeah. about. Well, this is shop talk. So anyway, let's end it here. We'll talk later, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ladies and guys and girls and everyone else. And whatever, however you identify yourself, we appreciate you listening to this podcast and being here. Hope you guys are safe. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, tomorrow, I'm releasing the review of Video Girl Eye. Which, which is actually a really cool retro manga. <laughs> Like really retro. Like you think it's you think that's a little passe, video girl eye, from what you've seen. Of, yeah, because I don't, well, it's it's very retro because I don't think a lot of everybody our age knows VHS videotapes, but a lot of younger people have never had a videotape, let alone a video store. That is true. So I think this is going to be a little bit of a niche topic, but. Or it's peeking back behind the curtain time capsule kind of thing. Like, this is history for some people. It, it's history for me because it was actually really. Uh, no, but I mean, like, it's let me tell you about something you've never heard of before. Yeah. So we're going to have to go over that. I can't be like, oh, that's this and not explain what it is because some people won't know it. So we'll talk about that later. I'm thinking, what is the other one we had to review? Uh, Mission Impossible will be coming out soon, eventually. We also have uh, uh, the next James Bond installment, which is View to a Kill. Mm -hmm. And uh, think of the other things we have. We have a couple other uh, different podcasts in the pipeline. Eventually, we may come back and do the second installment of The Muppets, uh, retrospective where we may talk about our favorite Muppets of all time who are not including the main six. So no Kermit, no Fozzie, no Miss Piggy, no Rolf, no Animal, and no Gonzo. Besides that, we'll talk about our favorite five uh, Muppets and talk about them and how interesting and how crazy they are. Because there are so many Muppets. There's like a hundred and like 200 Muppets. Maybe watch the Muppet show, right? Yeah, there's a lot of Muppets. And then you have to bring up, if, are we talking about the one-off characters? Like the one who was like, if you've ever watched the, what the hell's her name? The one who was Judy, was it Judy Garland's daughter? Uh, what's her name? The one who was doing. Liza Minnelli? Yes, Liza Minnelli episode with which she did Copacabana. And they had the uh, mm -hmm. Rico where he has this big ring, but it was made specifically for that. Or, dare I say, if you want to go really obscure, the episode when they do the Jabberwocky and they made all the. Characters from the Jabberwocky original etching. So they made Muppets based on the Jabberwocky and the uh, Mumrath and of the... Uh, uh, the Mumrath and the uh, the bird's name. Um, can't remember it. I'll remember later. But anyway, so we're, we're Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. Keep listening, and I hope you enjoyed this. I'm Zan. I'm Greta. We're Gonsville. See ya.